This is the BSN Denver Buffs Podcast. Powered by the BSN Denver Podcast Network. I started calling him Mike Mack and Cryer. Yeah, How does I'm he find love you, at the Walrus? You know. You can't find love at Rihanna the Walrus. Rihanna said you can. <laughs> I <Congrats> know. <laughs> Stop. No, I've never been mad before. Now, you are your hosts, Ryan Koenigsberg, Jake Shapiro, and Ali Monroy. Step one, be attractive. Step two, don't be unattractive. Welcome into the BSN Buffs podcast coming from the Blake Street Tavern. I am Jake Shapiro alongside Ryan Koningsberg and Ali Monroy. How about that new fire intro that we debuted last week? It's good. It's good stuff. It's pretty good. Except for that bad lie. song that I already told you about. <laughs> that we that I like. It's Trevor Story's Walk Up, but I like it. Ali likes it too. It was one song for each of us. Yeah, Ryan thinks it. What was my what song? What is it? It's. What do you think that song is? It's elevator music. It's elevator music mixed with dubstep, like two of the worst types of music. Well, <laughs> you're a rap guy, so I put Heartbeat by Childish in there. And okay. then my song was uh, When the Lights Go Down by the Black Keys. There's also a little drubbing of uh, a song by Blood Orange at the start. Just just the start, a little bit. See, <clears throat> I don't know if I would consider myself a rap guy. Not that I have anything against Childish or that song. I feel like uh, I'm a five-tool music liker. I think I'm more of a five-tool music liker than you, honestly. I don't know. Dude, I don't know. I, I was rocking to Molly Percocet. Percocet. But, like, you... Mm, Mascot. I don't know. I mean, you're a future guy, too, but, like, I like I rolled deep into indie rock. Like, if you wouldn't have gotten a Band of Horses tweet today if it wasn't for me. I had a dream that Allie, last night that Allie and I were hanging out with Future and Ciara. What? <laughs> Dude, you have the weirdest dreams. Are you kidding me? And then in the dream, this is such bad podcasting. In the dream, like, like Sierra and Future went into a hot tub, and then all these kids—it was like in the middle of a city—and then all these kids came up and egged them while they were in the hot tub. Ryan, what are what? I don't know. Anyway, Blake Street Tavern is the presenting sponsor of what is this podcast? I'm not sure. It's called the BSN Most Podcast, but it's really the BSN Lifestyle Podcast, hosted by. Three millennials just trying to make it in this world of social media. But speaking of social media, Lake Street Tavern is very social media friendly. Uh, very good place to curate an aesthetic, especially downstairs in the, what's it called? The underground? The underground social. Underground social. There we go. No, outside too by the fire pit, Like in front of cores. There's a, a lot of places. You mean you have a really good picture of me in front of the fire pit just saying our content is, and then fire. Fire, fire. yeah. Yes. When we were doing our pre-game videos for Colorado football games. And this is a good place to pre-game, too. If you uh, want to go do that before the Rockies are playing, they come back home this weekend, and it's right two blocks away. I'm almost always here for lunch on my lunch breaks for Rockies, so this is a good place to check out. Uh, we've got some stuff for you today on the BSN Buffs podcast that actually relates to the Buffs here at the start. Shocking. Uh, 
We're going to talk about the new signing day, perhaps, that's going to be implemented. At least they're discussing it. Uh, Colorado State changed their schedule around a little bit, and that impacts Colorado. The NFL draft is impending, uh, just like the death of all of us. And uh, <laughs> that's coming really soon, so watch out for that. And, of course, Colorado's got some guys that are going to go in that, just like we're all going to go in life at some point. <laughs> what? Uh, Sports Pass is the dollar amount has changed on that a little bit for students. So if you're a student, you listen to this podcast, we'll get that set up for you in terms of what you need to do to get one of those hooked up. They are a very good deal. And we've got some fun stuff later in the pod, I must say myself. So stick around and we will get to that. But first, let's talk about the new signing day. And Ryan, I think since the first day you covered CU, certainly since my first day covering CU, Mike McIntyre has been talking about how a fall signing day would be so beneficial to college coaches. Well, actually, my first day covering CU, John Embry was the coach, so go back a little bit further than that. But, hey, Mike McIntyre loves him some early signing day talk, and he's talked about it at every regular signing day. He really has. Since he came here to Colorado. And it's because football coaches are scared and always paranoid and it helps them sleep a little bit at night knowing that a few of their commits are are already locked into being um, manifested for money for the university for four years. That'd be an awesome college football <laughs> coach podcast hosted by like former college football coaches that just got laid off like so Les Miles scared and paranoid with Les Miles. <laughs> no but it's true like I feel bad for football coaches wives because like they're always scared. <laughs> like, they just, like, they don't sleep at night. Like, they just toss and turn thinking about, how, like... How do you know this, Ryan? Imagine tossing and turning thinking about 17-year-old boys all night. That's oh. the life of a football coach. And imagine being married to that. I don't even have a comment. <laughs> uh, well, Allie, you got into the nitty-gritty of this a little bit. Uh, um, yeah, so uh, the early signing date would be in December, but it still has to be approved by the Collegiate Commissioners Association in their June meeting, so it's still not set in stone. But um, this signing early signing day is part of like a huge comprehensive package that changes a lot of things, like it adds an additional period for official visits, um, it changes in rules concerning the hiring of people close to student-athletes, changes um, summer camp model, and approves the addition of a 10th assistant coach. So there's a lot of things that the NCAA is trying to change. Um, there was a part in the press release that talked about how um, now uh, they adopted a legislation that will eliminate multiple contact practice sessions in the same day in the preseason. So um, basically no two-a-days with contact. It's like a CBA. Exactly, yeah. which comes from a recommendation endorsed by NCAA Sports Science Institute. But which, basically it's which, saying... Which, by the way, to cut you off for one second, uh, there was a great uh, lecture on campus during the Conference of World Affairs, which I attended. Uh, had a former NFL player and someone that represents one of the University of Colorado's doctors that's in whatever yeah. the name is, what you just the said. Sports they, Science Institute. They talked about concussion. It was just really, really interesting. I know you'd find that interesting. Maybe we'll talk yeah. about that later, but keep going, Al. Um, and so it says a single day may now include a single three-hour on-field practice session and a walkthrough. During walkthroughs, protective equipment such as helmets and pads can't be worn and contact, contact is prohibited. 
Walkthroughs also can't include conditioning activities and three continuous hours of recovery are required between on-field practice and walkthroughs. Activities such as meetings, film review, medical treatment, and meals are allowed during recovery time. McIntyre and his staff had already decided to eliminate two days in fall camp and will thus begin fall camp practice on July 28th. Uh, um, most of these changes will be in effect August 1st, so a little bit after training camp starts. So Mac could just get like four two-a-days in on the, like the first two days of fall camp just to get around the rules. That'd be funny. I, I'm sure Les Miles will do that if he finds uh, it beneficial. But my reaction to all these rule changes are twofold. One, uh, it benefits the power players in college football very much so just by some of the rule changes that they're going to make. I think it benefits the bigger programs to have some of their best commits commit early on. And I think it benefits them uh, with some of those smaller rule changes like getting a 10th assistant. I mean, how many smaller schools are really going to be able to add another assistant right off the bat at least? And then the other reaction I have is that this is both very beneficial to players and very not good for some players. Uh, the reason it's beneficial is stuff like the, the two-a-day practices, getting that out of the way is great. You don't want players getting hurt. Obviously, safety comes first, but that stuff always doesn't, doesn't always get represented, re representative in CBAs or whatever this is, especially when there is no union in college football and basically the, co the schools can do whatever they want with the college athletes. But I think it's bad for the guys going into the sport because they are going to feel the need to want to commit early and they're not going to want to hold on. And so all of a sudden, instead of making your college decision in February, which is pretty early compared to when everyone else makes their college decision for high school kids, you're making it in December, and you're getting pressured into making that decision probably by some coaches saying, if you don't commit, we're going to get this other guy. If you're a school like Alabama or USC, you can legitimately do that. Um, and it always comes back to this with athletes and unions and how they're representative represented and both uh, a great example of this is in Major League Baseball uh, where the players union represents all the major league players but it doesn't represent minor league players or draftees so basically every time they come to a collective bargaining agreement the players come up with a huge benefit the players that are in Major League Baseball get new rules that are signed that benefits them greatly but it comes at the expense of the guys that aren't yet at that level, the minor leaguers and the draftees who end up losing out and having to kind of deal with the owners and the teams and the franchises, and they don't really have a way around it. So when I look at some of these new rule changes, I kind of see it in the same vein where, yes, the players that are already in the game will probably be benefiting from some of this, but the players that are getting recruited may not get the benefit uh, especially with more dates to visit, but I don't know if that count for how many official visits they can take will go up. Yeah, I mean, the commissioner of the Big 12 um, called this these rule changes a significant move forward for football recruiting, um, and they talked about how the entire package of rule changes is friendly for students, their families, and their coaches, but that they'll continue to monitor the recruitment environment to make sure the rules work as intended. Here's what I think, Jake <coughs> and Allie. Yeah, excuse me. <laughs> Sorry, I was just re responding to what he was saying specifically. I think there's a very, very good reason why Mike McIntyre has been such an advocate of the early signing day, and it comes down to this. Mike McIntyre has built this program on finding guys early and finding guys early in their development, and as has happened along this 
journey for them is they get a guy to commit early and because they see a lot of potential in him, then he blows up during his senior season. And then say the kids from, you know, Dallas, well, all of a sudden late in the recruiting period, Texas decides, you know what, that kid is legit. Let's throw him an offer. And then the buffs lose him. So there's a reason why Mike McIntyre is such an advocate for this. It's because he believes in finding kids this summer, the summer going into the recruiting period. And in December, those kids are just finishing their high school seasons. Not everyone has time to evaluate all their tape. If you can lock that kid down before the Texases of the world come calling, you're in a lot better place. And that's why you have, I mean, Mike McIntyre's ability to discover talent as, as talent is why you guys have, have guys like Cheeto in here that's going to be a first-round pick. It's why you have uh, Akella Witherspoon, who they found in Juco. It's why you have Tedrick Thompson, who they found. Like, they really believe in their ability to dig up and find kids, and that's why they want to go earlier. And it's really beneficial to Mike McIntyre because he's starting to get these guys verbaled way earlier. You, you saw today the Buffs got their sixth verbal or something like that of the 2018 class. Last year, this time, the Buffs didn't have one verbal for 2017, I don't believe. Or, no, they had, they had a few last year. 2016, they didn't have any at this time. But in 2017, they had three. So the earlier these verbals are coming basically means the less long Mike McIntyre has to hold on. What's going on over there, Al? Sorry, a fly just landed on my computer, and then I killed it, and it was all over my hand. If it was gross. If a fly lands, is it still a fly? Okay. Anyways, it's I mean, I... <laughs> okay. Anyways, I keep referencing, refer, referencing um, this uh, press release there's because there's just so you, much information. Right, because you, you're the one reading it. And we're yeah, just there's reacting. just so much information. And McIntyre actually has a quote of exactly what you both were talking about. Um, he, he said, I quote, The benefit it adds for the student athlete that we're recruiting is that they'll be able to make a decision and make it final that much sooner. Their holidays and all the other things going on in that period of time then won't be interrupted with schools trying to flip them. All that pressure will be gone. They'll have made their decision and can begin planning ahead that much sooner. Real quick, do you think a fly was the first thing oh, anyone wow. ever saw that could fly? Because that is a lazy as hell name. Well, you're more likely to see a bird than you are a fly, right? I would assume. I mean, unless you're like just waking up and like, no, we got to put ourselves back in like Africa don't and like understand them. 70,000 years ago. I'm trying yep. to spit yep. out and real is content. Africa the first place where there's humans? Yeah, yeah. So real okay, buffs okay. content. Like, and and just, just considering where Africa is now, like people wake up with like I'm flies sorry, on their eyes. Everyone listening. So you're more likely to see a fly right away than you are a bird because the flies are all over you because you're sleeping in your own poop. But imagine if the first what time the? they saw someone. What if the first time they saw a fly, it wasn't flying and then it would have been called a a land or a crawl like aren't there like it's like why penguins are birds but they can't fly like who made these arbitrary distinctions it's true isn't everything like, an arbitrary distinction at the end of the day like why is a fly the only animal just named after like the the one thing like its best talent an anteater well an anteater. yeah a fit like a fish isn't called a swim right like why was <laughs> Why wasn't it called to swim? Or like, why aren't you? Roadrunner. That's after its talent. It's running on roads. Yep. What else? So there are a few things named after their talents. Yeah. Uh, like a zebra should be cam like a camouflage. A zebra? No, it's called a zebra. 
the Z, the Z is pronounced zebra. Stop. I'm serious. Stop. I've been watching Trevor Noah. I'm cultured now. Anyways, interesting thought no, there. Actually, I looked it up. I don't <laughs> trust the website. You're How on. did flies get their name? <laughs> is this Wiki How? No, it's E T Y M O N. Etymology was the word you were looking for. Okay. <laughs> I'm a big etymame guy, not it a big etymology guy. It's short for a flied winged insect. So that a fly is just a short name. So is a bee a fly? It says, let me look. Talking to the microphone. Originally, I'm talking into the microphone. <laughs> Originally, any winged insect, moths, gnats, beetles, butterflies, all of them were short for flies. What? Why are you holding the microphone like that? Because I can't touch this area or else it pisses Jake off. <laughs> yeah, you can't touch the connection cord, but you also can't hold it away from your mouth. I'm, oh my God. <laughs> Guys, can we just focus on CU stuff? Did uh, you know who named the fly? Ryan, I don't know. Okay. It was Phineas Flygus. <laughs> I'm going to leave again. Uh, well, that, I think that about covers the new signing day. Uh, the second thing on our list today is Colorado State added a game. Well, they moved a game before the Rocky Mountain Showdown. They're gonna Jake, play I have a question. Why do you have to stand up for this? I'm trying to make points. <laughs> When I when I break when down, he gets real point. passionate. He's just trying to get to eye level with us and just walks around. He just wants to see eye to eye with you. <laughs> Actually, I want to see fly to fly with you. <laughs> okay, I just was really curious. You do that always, and I just I thought I would ask. Well, I'm gonna stand like Ryan while making this point. I thought that stance. would be more relevant than talking about the origins of flies. So Ryan's like patented stance. It's like he just stands like with his. Isn't uh, that the Blackout Boys? Stance? No, 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 no. Well, I, that was my first thought: is that the Blackout Boys were stealing Ryan's stance, yes. which is uh, just like your your legs are normal or shoulder width shoulder apart, shoulder width, and you tuck your wrists like on your kidneys behind your back, I've and like you let you your hands just like kind of go. Stand like that. He always stands like this. This Ryan's is his, shaking his head. This saying, is his, I like, don't know what he's talking about. This is Ryan's like go to like I'm interviewing someone but don't need the microphone here, so like. Let's say like he's in a scrum but not holding a microphone. This is his go-to stance. One foot in front of the other a little bit. Yeah, but like you do this. Yeah, leaning back on the left or right foot to take a little weight off of the so other foot. So if you guys were interested in the way Ryan stands, we got it all here for you on BSN Buffs podcast. Anyways, Jake, get back to that point you were trying to make. Uh, so the Beavers are coming into Colorado on August 28th, which is – a week before the Rocky Mountain 26th, Showdown. 26th, I believe. 26th, and it's the Saturday. The Rocky Mountain Showdown right now is scheduled for Friday. Uh, so Rams are going to get a short week, but basically what this does for CU is twofold. One, Oregon State now has two buys, so if Colorado's competing for, with Oregon State somehow in the Pac-12, uh, Oregon State has a little bit of advantage because they're going to start their fall camp a week earlier now, and they have two buys. Uh, and for Colorado State, of course, now this Colorado game is their second game of the season. Now, I think you can react to this in a bunch of different ways, but Ryan, your first reaction is this is bad for the Buffs. Why? It's bad for the Buffs because the first game of the season, weird things happen. Uh, I don't have to tell CU fans that who watched the Hawaii game two years ago. Oh, God. It, you, no, one feels hap no one feels comfortable in the first game of the season. Now, of course, football coaches never feel comfortable ever, but everyone is afraid of the first game of the season because anything can happen. Uh, 
<clears throat> your offense can be out of sync. Uh, you know, you can have the, a case of the fumbles. You haven't been hitting much. You might have tackling issues. You have a lot of issues in that first game. And it's not a good thing when you're playing in your first game and another team is playing in their second game. They've got all the jitters out. It doesn't matter if they won or lost. They feel comfortable. They feel like they learned a little something about themselves the week before. It's worrisome for the Buffs to be going into their first game of the season while CSU is playing their second. I think it's a bad, bad thing for them. I think this is beneficial to CU in some ways. I think overall it might be bad, but um, you're going to get to spend camp focused on CSU while CSU is going to be focusing on Oregon State basically all camp, which uh, is good for the Buffs, uh, especially because if CSU is focusing on CU during their camp, they would only be thinking about that score and how bad they want to pay back against the Buffs and it really just build. Whereas now that they have something else to think about, all camp, we're going to open up this brand new stadium, we have a Pac-12 opponent, blah, blah, blah. Um, the other thing I think it does for CU is they're going to have some film on CSU uh, where C or CSU won't have any film on CU. That's true. Especially with a new quarterback for the Buffs. I didn't think I mean, of granted, that. Granted, he is played a lot, but yeah. I didn't think of that. That's actually a good point on how CU will have some advantage overseeing how CU come, or CSU comes out and plays their first game. But I agree with Ryan. Um, your first game that you have a lot of jitters and that can sometimes go the other team, it could go to your favor or it can't. It'll really bite you in the butt. But So I don't really know. With that being said, somehow CU came out last year and looked like the serious force that they were in the first game. Now, of course, anyone who had watched CU over the past 10 years just thought CSU was really, really bad and had no idea that the Buffs were actually legit. But So it's not to say that every first game is but bad even, for everyone. Even if the Buffs had lost that game, I feel like the rivalry and just their games, they're always close. They're always like a CSU wins one year, CU wins the other. Like it's always just really varies. At least that's when I came in to see you, that's what I thought. This also brings up another point that I've been thinking of recently that this isn't on the uh, old rundown per se, but our friend Ted, friend of the brand, had, some, had said on the Saturday of Rocky's opening weekend that randomly in the stands, uh, it, it sucks to be a CSU Ram just broke out at the Rockies game. And I feel like I have to remind people of this all the time, but that's not a good thing. Stop thinking about CSU so much. I know you hate it, but it brings CU fans together. At least the students that I know. Sing the fight song. I Sing know, the fight but song. just like there's something about it. I always hear it constantly i'm not defending it i'm not saying it's a good thing okay I'm just then saying, who retweeted it from bsn buffs huh who retweeted it from bsn buffs was i think it that Ted? was me it was you defend your retweet were you just helping out a friend yeah okay that's fair but anyways no a lot of people just can't i mean if you watch i don't know if a lot of people on here watch the i'm schmacked videos but that was something literally why my roommate who assaulted me came to see you oh was wow the i'm schmacked video um, which that sentence makes perfect sense Okay, well, I mean, when I was in high school, everyone watched I'm Schmacked videos and CU looked awesome, uh, but they sing it there. And so, it, I don't know, it's just something that you feel like 
it's your rivalry. It's, it's so cool. But the, the I, I people, agree. You should just sing the fight song if you want to support CEO. The reason people like it so much is because it's a great chant. Like, it, it's easy to chant. It, it has a nice ring to it. It's catchy. But it just makes you look so small time that you care about CSU so much. I just don't think a lot of people see it that a way. Utah Ute. I said that kind of works, but like that's obviously not a thing yet. Do you know what I also realized recently is that Oregon does SCO as well, but SCO, and I really just and Utah does SCO, but SGO SCO. Why? Why? That's actually the most grammatically correct one. So Sco. Brian Kilpatrick once again. SCO. Winning. It would be like apostrophe S no, apostrophe G. No, because some people G. really yep. do say SCO, SCO, like with the K, like emphasizing Well, you K. could say it, but Sco. it's short for let's go. Yeah. So SCO no, would be I grammatically mean, correct. But, like, I don't know. It's, I like, I was a fan of it, of SCO buffs, but I don't know. I just, the the Ducks one, and then, the U, I don't know. It's just, they all kind of sound weird. Well, this podcast is going nowhere in a hurry, so let me get this back on the track. That one was actually a good one. I thought that was one. a good segment. I know, but it was going <laughs> nowhere, so I needed to, to, to get it back on the tracks. Uh, we're doing pretty good today, I think. NFL Draft uh, is something that is coming up <laughs> very soon. You're laughing to what I said earlier, aren't you? No, I'm laughing at how rough that transition was. <laughs> NFL Draft is a thing that they do every year. <laughs> that was Dan O'Toole-esque. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's the thing in the spring when the guys get drafted uh, to play the bigger football. This year, the Buffs have a couple of candidates to play at the next level. Uh, the star candidate and guy that's almost certainly going in the first round now is Chidobe. Or is it Cheeto? Or is it Cheeto Bay? Cheeto Bay. We don't know. We just call him Cheeto. Cheeto Bay, Awuzie. Cheeto Awuzie. No. No. Cheeto Bay, Awuzie. It's Cheeto. It's Cheeto. Four years in. Cheeto Bay, Awuzie. My point is, he never really made a name for himself at CU. Oh, God. I'll, I'll bring it up later. Okay. <laughs> you guys didn't even hear my joke. Said he didn't really make a name for himself at CU, which, which obviously he obviously did. Yes. Uh, that was a dumb joke. That was a bad take. <laughs> you gave me like your like extremely kind of like perturbed B voice, B face look. <laughs> like you were really like, like that's so not fetch. <laughs> kind of like look. Excuse me, I don't have a B face look. I'm That's it. That's there it. Is. There it is. Do you want the microphone in my mouth? I don't know what. It's literally as close to my mouth as I can. That is not true. You could fit like a semi truck. I <laughs> 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 couldn't hold it together any longer. I thought I was going to be able to do it, but I couldn't. I couldn't. I just couldn't. Oh, wow. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Anyways, what were we talking about? Uh, so Cheeto is going to go in the first round, it seems like. Ryan, you're the NFL guy here out of everyone. Uh, what's the vibe with him out of the NFL guys you've talked to? And uh, you've got a better team of, like, kind of scouts that you work around that you can kind of hear from. He's almost – I mean, he got invited, so that's like 99% sure he's going to the first. <laughs> yeah, he's a lock for the first round. NFL teams absolutely love him, and – I think one of the main things you're getting out of NFL teams is the love for his versatility. Uh, 
they NFL teams love that safety who can also cover, who can also get into the box and stop the run. And Cheeto is kind of your perfect – I said this last year at this time. Cheeto is your perfect prototype NFL defensive back. He's strong. He's fast. He's quick on his feet. All the things that they look for, he has. And that's why last year uh, at the end-of-season press conference, I like asked Cheeto, like, are you definitely staying at CU? Because to me, I thought he could have gone to the NFL last year and been maybe a second or third round pick. And to cut you off, remember this narrative we were dealing with all last summer with, or even when he was making that decision, why would Cheeto go to get drafted when Nelson Spruce, one of the best receivers in the Pac-12, can't even get drafted? And then when Nelson Spruce didn't get drafted, everyone's like, well, Cheeto's not going to get drafted. Nelson Spruce couldn't even get drafted. Yeah, and it's so different. I mean, it's all about how you project and where you fit in. And Nelson, I, I still think, could have a career in the NFL. I mean, the Rams have trash receivers. Now, they had trash receivers last year, and he couldn't find the field. But he was dealing with some injuries, and I, st- I still have a – a good feeling about Nelson uh, working his way onto the field in the league. But <clears throat> obviously Cheeto is that top guy. He's going to go. I mean, the fact that the Buffs have a guy at the draft is fantastic. Like, to me, I think of all the little things. Like, Cheeto gets to go to, like, a sweet suit. Like, some awesome designer suit company is going to make him a custom suit for draft night. Like, that's stuff that you can sell to recruits. Now, of course, you're not going to be like, look, you could be wearing this suit. But, like, you show the, like, slow-mo video. Like, CU video should be there, like, you know, getting video of him on the red carpet, walking in in this custom suit, looking fly. Like, that stuff matters. And you've got Cheeto going to the draft, the first CU player, I believe, to be invited to the draft. I can't remember. I don't think Jimmy Smith was. So, fantastic opportunity for him and the program and what's crazy is after going two seasons in a row without having a player drafted now they're likely to have at least three which is pretty cool here's another crazy thing with Cheeto the last two years no one's wanted to throw his direction it's not like teams have that much film to go off of with Cheeto because I mean Tedrick and Akello are awesome and we'll get to them in a second but there's a reason why they led so many in, in so many defensive categories last year is because teams didn't want to throw to the half of the field with Cheeto on it. And I thought for that reason, Cheeto might fall to the second or third rounds just because teams are going to be wary of, well, this guy's got a reputation, but can he really play? And obviously we've seen his raw abilities, me and you watching him up close. Uh, and we knew he was, uh, I mean, let alone a first round pick, a guy that could be a first, first a number one corner anywhere in the NFL uh, from the first time we saw him play. Uh, and it, it's good to see the guys uh, in the NFL actually taking the what carried over for college for, for once because with Nelson Spruce, they did not at all. It's just so different, Jake. Like, production really isn't what they're looking for. They want the combine numbers. Nelson killed himself at the combine. He ran, like, a 4-7 or something. He ran a slow. Like, I don't think it was quite that long, but he did not run fast. And so they want to see that, and obviously it's different for every guy, but when you watch Cheeto, you see an NFL guy. And for those NFL scouts and front office types, they know when they see an NFL guy. Now, a guy like Nelson Spruce, he doesn't fit the mold that you're looking for in a receiver, and he could catch a bazillion balls, but it wouldn't matter because he doesn't fit the mold. 
Now, Cheeto perfectly fits that mold, and so that's why you're getting that. And let's go on down the line. Akello, he fits the mold. He's a long, lengthy cover corner. I mean, talking to our Andre Simone, and the first time he saw him, uh, he goes, who the hell is that, and why haven't I heard about him? He's the perfect athlete to play that position. And he watched him for, I don't know, two series and goes, Jake, he's going to get drafted in the third round at least. Like, I don't even need to watch more of this to know that this guy can ball. And then the more and more Andre watched him, more and more Andre goes, some team's going to fall in love with this guy, and some team's going to go, this is our number one corner of the future just because of his build, let alone his playing ability. The Eagles are really, really interested in Akello. Like, they're, that's what most of their um, drafts are looking like. They're... What's it called? Mock drafts. Mock drafts. There we go. Um, they're really, really interested in, well, in him. They need defensive we, backs. So yeah, that's why exactly. they're interested in Cheeto. They're interested in Nikello. But out of everyone, they've been really – obviously, they would want Cheeto. Every team would want Cheeto. But Nikello's um, really in their eyes, at least from what I know. Yeah, I mean, I would – I'm worried about Akello in the NFL, and I've talked about this a lot on this podcast. Uh, and I hope he proves me wrong. But he's soft as tissue paper. And there's been many times where he comes off the field, whether it's in practice, even in games, um, where I think he was getting, con- in the Alamo getting confused w- between the difference of being hurt and being injured. And in the NFL, every single guy on the field is playing hurt at all times. So he has to learn how to play hurt. He has to kind of get a little stronger. Uh, and build up a bit of a pain tolerance, but he can cover. Uh, and that's what these teams are seeing. They're seeing a guy who can go with a player every step of the way, who has arms that are ridiculously long so he can reach around guys and break up passes, led the NCAA in pass breakups last season, I believe. So another great prospect. Those two are going to go in – Cheeto's going in the first round. Akella will go before the end of the fourth for sure. And then you've got – a bevy of guys who could go in the late rounds. Tedrick Thompson, uh, when I talk about my favorite football players of all time, looking at Brian Urlacher, growing up a Chicago Bears fan in the mid-2000s, you're talking about maybe like an Ed Reed, just guys that can really lay the wood and also play really good coverage on defense. And Von Miller's up there for me, uh, just in terms of pure prowess as a football player. Tedrick Thompson is one of my favorite football players of all time. Just watching him up close every day. You know, Spencer Dinwiddie's in my favorite basketball players of all time kind of list too just because I got to watch that caliber of player up close. But I was always amazed by Tedrick Thompson, just his quickness, his ability to get across a football field in coverage, read coverages. And the thing that gets lost with Tedrick is his, the way he hits. People forgot about that just because he was so good in coverage this year. But he made a couple in. Uh, open space tackles last year that were just unbelievable and then you go back to his juniors and sophomore years he was knocking guys out of games with how hard he laid the wood and you talk to any single guy at CU and ask them who hits the hardest and it would always be Tedrick Thompson uh, and Addison and Addison mention but yeah I mean so if I'm a football team I mean if I'm a GM I want Tedrick Thompson on my football team and I like the fact that I don't have to draft him the first three rounds, but damn, do I want Tedrick Thompson on my football team. Yeah, I mean, you could get him in the sixth or seventh for sure. I think the, the concern with him is straight line speed. But when you watch the way he can turn it on when the ball is in the air and close uh, in coverage, 
I think that relieves some of your concerns there. But it, NFL, it's all about the numbers you put on paper, whether that's, you know, for better or for worse. So he's not exactly a straight-line burner, and that's a concern. But he, he definitely didn't kill himself with his numbers at the Combine um, and Pro Day and whatnot. But it, you watch him, and he's one of those guys where you're like, that's a, that's a great football player. Like, what makes – Cheeto six rounds better than him but it, you know there's so much more that goes into it um, and then you go down and Cepho he has a chance late round guy definitely going to get his shot whether he gets drafted or not uh, Jimmy Gilbert It'll is a be, guy who Cepho will <laughs> probably be holding a clipboard somewhere next year you hope I mean practice squad at the least and well, I've heard a lot of people um, are looking at Cepho for other positions besides quarterback. It, it's possible. We, t- we actually asked him that at the Combine, and he said a couple teams asked him if he would be willing to play a spot other than quarterback. He wasn't excited about it. Uh, he said, you know, I'll do whatever I can to help the team, but my overarching goal is to play quarterback. Um, he's got so the size. So if he doesn't pull a Tim Tebow and then go play baseball. Yeah, I don't think baseball is his, his – his, uh, Sport as much as basketball was, but actually one of my buddies did work on him on the basketball court once. It was pretty awesome. Anyways, he was a D2 player. But uh, Sevo's a late-round guy or an um, undrafted free agent. Jimmy Gilbert, I just have a feeling someone's going to take a shot on him. He's been constantly getting bigger. Look, when he came to CU, it looks like he was on the wrong practice field. Like, he should have been over with Tad Boyle. He looked like a lanky tad Boyle prototype wing and by the t- end of his junior year and finally into his senior year he looks like a football player on the field and i think the fact that he made that progress and getting bulkier and bigger excites it's got to excite some nfl scouts because where is his ceiling in terms of how big he can get while maintaining his speed look he never lost a step he only gained steps as he got bigger so if i'm an nfl team i say let's take a shot on this guy and see if he can bulk up a little bit to where he can deal with NFL-caliber tackles and get around them. So I think Jimmy Gilbert has a chance. Uh, Ali's favorite name to pronounce, Samson Kafavalu. <laughs> Who, what was it? How would you say it the other um, day? I was doing something for a show on campus called CU Sports Mag, um, but I pronounced it Samson Kafaluau. <laughs> it was so bad and I was just like and right before I went on camera I was like Samson Kafavalo, Samson Kafavalo like 50 times and then went on camera and just said Kafaluau. <laughs> it's don't like know. a mix of Kafavalo and Lufau yeah. and also like Hawaiian luau. <laughs> I don't know. Um, it was a anyways, long night but yeah. Samson Kafavalo like he did some ridiculous he did some ridiculous stuff at pro day that definitely had to open up some scouts eyes so He's an undrafted free agent type. Josh Tupo, uh, a guy who could go in the late rounds. I swear Josh Tupo is going to play well in the NFL. Like he Why? looks to, because he has the size and the mobility to be a nose tackle. Like the Broncos, they're trying to add bulk on the in- interior of their line, and they did so with Pecco and uh, Zach Kerr. But like Josh Tupo is a, a guy who can really – plug up the hole in a 3-4 defense and so I'm I'm really confident in Josh Tubo being an NFL football player Um, so late rounds undrafted guy I think he's going to succeed either way Uh, am I forgetting anyone here we've gone Alex Kelly maybe Mm, probably not maybe he gets into a camp somewhere 
Um, but that's about uh, – there were seven guys on my list. So you had Cheeto, Akello, Tedrick, Cepho, Sampson, Tupo. Gosh. And you – did you it? Oh, Jimmy. Jimmy. Did I and say Jimmy? Jimmy? You said Jimmy. I don't know. Six or seven guys who will probably be in NFL camps next year, um, and and probably more, uh, because they, a lot of those guys, you know, even the Jared Bells of the world ended up in camps this year. So, a lot of really big things for this program. If you have three guys, four guys drafted, that's a really good look for you. Speaking of big things, there's 65 and 70 inch TVs everywhere at Jackson's Hall, which opened up in 1977 and quickly became the place for watching sports. Almost 40 years later in Jackson's Hall, American Sports Girls keeping their reputation alive, they have table taps. You can control at your own booth. What's better than that? Come down to Jackson's All American Sports Grill in Greenwood Village off Arapahoe and I-25. They are the original sports grill. Well, we have one more little piece of news here, which is uh, CU Sports Passes are back at $99 this year. Uh, for students, they go up to 125 after August 1st, I believe. So get those now in the summer uh, before they raise the price for on you for no real reason. Uh, no real reason. I'm surprised they're at 99 though. After the rise, I thought they brought it down last year to 99. I'm not. You saw those basketball attendance. I know, but after last year, I thought they brought it down because there just wasn't any attendance at the games. Um, so a lot of people decided to buy those student passes at 99. But I thought after the season the Buffs had and the amount of attendance there was at the last three home games of the season that they would have at least bumped it up a little bit. But at, for fans and for students, that's awesome. I just expected it to be at least a little bit higher. I will buy a student pass and sell it to you if you want it for $125. <laughs> that's capitalism in action right there, baby. I, I don't think it works that way, Jake. Yeah, I'd have to give him my student ID. Which I think the only person who can get in on, a, on it is a spouse. Mm. Well, as you know. If anyone wants to marry Shap. Well, my wife left me. <laughs> you can find him at the walrus. Speaking of which, <laughs> uh, Allie, we've got some questions for you this week on the podcast. Oh, uh, God. Our You Can't Find Love at the Walrus was a hit, uh, apparently very relatable to some <laughs> in our circles. Uh, we, we still, like, someone has, someone out there, I know... You met your significant oh. other at the Walrus. So you at us. At us. Like, you got to tell us that you found love at the Walrus. We'll Unless you didn't. Do, we'll actually do a feature on you. Uh, <laughs> we have, yeah, why not? We were at the Walrus this weekend. I definitely didn't find love. Uh, found a couple shots. That was about it. But uh, what else? Well, we actually, the Walrus was doing something nice. They were doing a... Um, they were donating? Yeah. No. no. The donating your wrist. The, yeah. Thing you're yeah. It was um, you paid $10 and you got a wristband and you went to four bars and all of the proceeds from your wristband and the drinks you bought went to a charity. So that was the main reason I was at the Walrus. My, my main reason the was drinking for the kids. I was testing I was Allie's advice from last week. No success. What? Okay. I didn't really give you advice from last week. I went year, up to a girl and said, John Gray's fastballs looked really <laughs> sharp. I told this you year. that wasn't a good idea. It was not a good idea. I she told goes, you. who? I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's why I told you she has to be watching the sport you like. She was wearing a Rockies hat. Yeah, girls usually just wear hats to wear hats. Whoa, whoa. That's unacceptable. That offends me. Excuse me? All women are great sports fans. I never said <laughs> they weren't. 
I wear baseball caps all the time and support my teams, but I'm saying was, was my, roommate, my roommate stole one of my hats uh, yesterday just because she wanted to wear a hat. She has no yeah. idea Jake, anything about the Phillies. Jake puts the L in walrus. <laughs> <laughs> and we have a new intro, intro drop. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> what else we got? So if Shaft can't find love at the establishment known as the walrus, where can he find love, Allie? Well, that, comes from, that comes to us from at Matt Cisneros. Someone um, wrote the downer. Ben Burroughs. No. Not just someone. Ben Burroughs. And the ben downer's Burrows. not the place to find love. The downer, at least, you can, like, not – there isn't that loud of music, and you can actually talk to people. Unlike the walrus, it's just a place to take shots and dance. It's like a mini absinthe or a boulder house. My apologies. No, it's, it's the foundry it's still. The, yeah. <laughs> Most of our listeners would know it as the foundry. Um, but, no, bars are hard. Okay, so where's the spot, Al? Where, where, where am I finding love in boulder? It's half-ass subs I've had – I found – I found love, but I love their sandwiches, not the girls there. Yeah, well, at half-ass, everyone's just getting pictures, and off of one picture, oh, it's okay. donezo. Since Allie can't come up with a spot. At all. Okay. I will tell you about the most beautiful, romantic, oh God. perfect setting in Boulder to find love. Connor O'Neill's. Located just below the foothills in a 50,000-person <laughs> capacity. Folsom right. Field. But I'm working there. <laughs> oh, bummer. All right. No, I thought we were talking about bars. And no, like it's pearls anywhere in Boulder. location in Boulder. Where can I find love in Boulder? I really don't know. I've had a dodgeball was not good for me today. Yeah, obviously. Why would you ever try to find love at dodgeball? Well, we saw that. Well, it, it worked for a little while, then blew up in my face. No, I was going to say it worked for Vince Vaughn. Oh, yeah, it did work for Vince Vaughn. And he, he, got, like he got a very uh, interesting yeah, girl a, out of that one. It was a W. There, it's just not it's, just, it's not like you can just go somewhere and you're going to find love. It where just, is everything the, has to be in the right. Where's the place where it ups my odds, at least? <laughs> um, Tacoma. Tahona? Tahona? Yeah, I said Tahona. We're not, I, was, I was looking at Rainer's scores. A we're ago. not. You're not finding love in a bar. Agreed. Press play, even? I had a really good first date there where me and the girl played NBA Jam for a while. Oh. That was awesome. <clears throat> that is good. Couldn't finish on that one. I meant, like, not not like that. And I meant, like, I couldn't, like, get it to keep going. <laughs> I couldn't, like, seal it to be my girlfriend. Oh, God. Second time you've made it. <laughs> Two weeks. <laughs> Two straight weeks you make a joke Oh, like it didn't that. work the way I you wanted to. You didn't even mean it. <laughs> Again. Oh, God. Okay, well, let's move on to the next question. Uh, Sorry, Ryan. Okay, I'm just saying, I'm just saying you your segment is on the brink. Field. I mean, Nina and Will found love on Twitter. You know, it just doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> that was and a weird buffs. one. And the buffs. So, like, you know, it just I has found to most happen. of the great relationships on my life on Twitter, so maybe I'll find love it on Twitter. It just has to, like, happen. Everything happens for a reason, Jake. The girl that you're supposed to be with. We'll wander in somewhere. To the walrus, and I'm going to see her. Lakeshore Tavern. Legit. I think you could legit find love here. On a Saturday in the fall. Road game? <laughs> I think so, too. Uh, going in the grays? Going in the grays, baby. Uh, anyways, Keegan Pope 
asks, how sad is Shap that the asteroid isn't hitting Earth tomorrow? Uh, well, as told <laughs> by the intro about the NFL draft, I think you know the answer to that already. I am not happy. That the impending heat death of us all is yet to happen. Is yet to happen. I you know, it would be great if we all died today because then the Rockies would be the best team in baseball when we died. And we die doing what we love, staying at the Lake Street Tavern for upwards of four hours. Literally. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, so we also got this topic on the podcast this week. So we're out of questions for Allie, so ask Thank more God. next week. Do you have a general tip this week? Oh, yeah. a general tip. Um, don't be, be creepy on Twitter. Don't mm. be a douchebag again. Don't be a douchebag. No, it doesn't have to be don't be a douchebag. Don't send winky faces on Twitter when you don't need to send winky faces. Would you say sending winky faces is perhaps douchey? No, it's <laughs> not. It's just creepy. Douchey and creepy are different. That you can be Ooh, one please person. Please enlighten us. You can be one person who's a douchey and creepy, but creepy and douchey is completely different. Interesting. I feel like I'm enlightened by the segment this week. Just don't be weird on Twitter. But, like, but don't like, like Ryan's inherently we, weird on Twitter. <laughs> but we just determined that Twitter is the best place to find love. Yeah, but in like, Boulder. don't be adding <laughs> winky faces and like weird like. Just I want to be your friend. What are your What's your overall stance on sliding in the DMs? Don't do it. Ever? Ever. Someone, a girl slid into my DMs today. That was a success. If you're a girl. So maybe Should this you is slide in the DMs? No. <laughs> no. I, I mean, I know. I would never slide into a guy's DMs, but I know some girls who do, but you just have to approach it in the correct way. You can't just... just you Throw know. yourself at someone in the DMs? You just need to start a conversation, but can't honestly... go down in the DMs. Honestly, when people slide into my DMs, I'm just like... I don't even want to know what your DMs look like. <laughs> Like, are, they are your open DMs open? Are, yeah, are they what open or mean? only open to people that follow you? Are they They're like open. Oh. Anyone can DM you? Yeah. Oh. But I get requests. So I, the people that I don't know who DM me, I just don't answer them ever. But the people that I do know that DM me, like a random guy DM'd me this weekend and was like, are you coming back to D.C.? And I was like, no. And he was like, my question is now irrelevant. And I was like, okay. Uh. That's so awkward. He was so mad. Like, uh, if you know someone, you definitely shouldn't be shooting your shot in the DMs. If you have no chance of contacting this person by any other means than the DMs, I say go for it. Oh, my God. And also don't insult girls in your, their DMs. I got last summer, I got a DM through Instagram about I was I have a post wearing a um, Philly it was like a fl Are you talking about, like, flirty insults? Yeah, he was like, oh, at least, you know, or at least the baseball cap looks good on you. I don't know if you know much about sports or something like that. And I was just like, excuse me. That would be like the most backhanded. <laughs> like, oh, I want to find it. No, I, I like it just it, the way you just. Does, does it get lower than Instagram DMs, by the way? Oh, no, See, no, no. I, think I think it goes down in the Instagram DMs more than anywhere else. Yeah, no, uh, I know a football player who slid into one of my friends' Didn't DMs. Didn't you Instagram DM me the other day? I did. Well, that's did. fine because you can send fun, fun things to your friends. It was the easiest way to send you a relevant post. Well, I want to like, well, I guess Twitter is really easy with that now. It used to be the best way was to DM tweets. Yeah. 
I never check my DMs, so don't ever DM me anything important. I currently have or if you do, tweet at me. Check your DMs. I currently have one message request on uh, Instagram, and it's, hey, exclamation mark, smiley face, from someone <laughs> I do not know. Um, so amazing. Like, Allie reads her DMs, new wait, podcast. Wait, another thing. If someone you goes, do you live in Denver now? I go, nope. Goes, Yo, oh, just I just curious. got a DM in the middle of this <laughs> from someone that has my number, too. Okay, here's the thing. I'm confused. Wait, what was I just going to say? Can I finish this one? Someone yeah, DMs me, do you live in Denver now? And I said, nope, because I know this person. And they're like, oh, just curious. Since you're always down at B Blake Street. And I was like, nah, yeah, I just come here to hang out sometimes and film podcasts. So you hear that? Oh, Advertising cool. partners? <laughs> Blake Street has become a part of Allie's brand so much that guys are DMing her thinking that she lives in Denver because she's <laughs> here so much. That's... Good wink sponsor. That's a wink. testimonial. Okay, here's the. Uh, let's see. Oh, this is what I was gonna say. If you have a DM success story, please let us know. Yeah, honestly, because my friends, young my friend started dating this guy who DM'd her. On how did that wor work out for her? Would you say? Uh, he is. I can't say the words that I would like to say on this <laughs> podcast about that person. I want to hear DM success stories. Let me hear it. You didn't like or favor that relationship. Um, someone was like, hey, at least you look good in a Phillies hat. That's surprising. Damn. I was like, because we were talking that he just started asking me the about Phillies the Phillies are so trash. I'm surprised that trash hat looks good on you. I go hot. Thanks. You make that trash hat look hot. Like what? Like is that like what? Like like this is what I'm coming up off the top of my head. Is that what the guys like? When Ryan, like Ryan, okay. And this is a little bit about who we are as people, and I think this says a lot. When we're crafting a message, either that we send to a girl or that we send out to the world, we spend at least five minutes just making sure that it all sounds okay, that it's the best we can come up with, whatever. That's how Ryan and I both are. I came up with those two dumb things that that guy probably sent to him off, like sent to you top of the head. Oh, if, yeah, no. if you get something that dumb, he didn't spend any time thinking so about you. I was so annoyed. No, so he goes, hey, at least That's you look Jake's good in a Phillies hat. That's surprising. And I go, ha, thanks. And he goes, however, I'm surprised you know so much about football. Not saying a girl can't know a lot. It's just really surprising because that never happens. Oh, my God. <laughs> I did not respond to that. That's so bad. I was like, I was, we were all at, um, at Ryan's pool last summer. That yep. happened uh, last summer. But, like. I'm all for shooting your shot most of the time, but at least but like, like don't come off like yeah. that. Are you kidding me? You're just going in with like, uh, like also it's not a, a, like a hidden thing on my Instagram that I work in sports to insult me like that. Like that's not a trap. It's like being a douchebag trying to hit on a girl. Like that doesn't work. On but he, most you know, girls. he did say it's not that it can't happen. It just never does. <laughs> I just DMing. Um, on Twitter, on Instagram, it's, just, it's not a good one. Wait, new thing. Every time you get like a good DM, it has to be read aloud on the podcast. Okay. The I DM that I DMs just recently. The DM I just got has to do with Trevor Story's uh, exit velocity, so oh, that's lovely. not as fun as the one you guys are got. We not got as fast as the exit velocity of most girls you go on dates with. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, we got one more topic for you on this podcast. Or should we save? Should we save border states for next week? Yeah, it's next week. Next week, we got border states, our favorite border state of Colorado. If you have one or an argument for your favorite border state of Colorado, uh, add us and let us know why, as well as Ali's tip of the week uh, if you have our, questions for I advice. just think our, our listeners are border than usual. 
I actually am curious to learn people's um, favorite borders because I've driven to Colorado from the East Coast and I I don't really know what Fun my tracks. favorite border was. They're would all be. trash, but we'll get to that next week. <laughs> we'll get to which one's the least trash of the trash. Anyways, thanks for listening to the BSM Buffs podcast for Ryan Koningsberg. Definitely. Um, don't DM you. No, don't don't DM me, but tweet at me um, things you want to just get some advice on. And Ali Monroe. Girls and boys. I'm Jake Shapiro. Thanks for listening to the BSM Buffs podcast. We'll be back next week, next Thursday morning, when these always drop. Uh, come down to Blake Street Tavern if you're down tier for the ball game. Like we always say, it's the best place to stop off before the ball game or after the ball game is the day game. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. Catch all of our content on bsndenver.com. All metaphor, no meat. It's good, though. That, that'd be a good Twitter bio, all metaphor, no meat. <laughs> Can I get checks from you all? I'm pretty sure it's, like, way too much metaphor, but I got carried away. But, like, during the rise last year, I'd write entire football articles, and they're climbing this hill. No, it's right. And then set up a quote. So, there's so many metaphors.